This is the Empowered Jewish Living Podcast, where we explore the beauty of Judaism, the depth of Jewish wisdom, and how to live a more empowered life. Hello again, friends. Welcome back to the Empowered Jewish Living Podcast. It is a wonderful, wonderful time of year. We are just a couple of days away from one of my favorite Chagim, one of my favorite holidays, the holiday of Shavuot, coming up very, very shortly. I've always found this holiday to be a very, very magical time. The holiday of Shavuot is in the Torah presented as the final day after we completed counting the Omer, 49 days of counting, and now we are at this place. It is somewhat of a transcended. It's like this final stage in our growth. We know that in Kabbalah, the number 50 is a number of transcendence, the number that is beyond seven times seven. We know that the number seven is the natural order of the world, and then the number 50 is sort of that transcendent place. The Torah does not define the holiday of Shavuot by any specific date, but rather the 50th day, the day of completion of counting of the Omer. And therefore, I find it to be really something so beautiful and something that's so incredible. Now, if you ask anyone, what is what is the day? What is the day all about? What is the day of Shavuot all about? So you'd say, well, this is the day that the Jewish people received the Torah. But it's interesting, I've always at least found it interesting, and let me pose this question to you, that did we really get the Torah that day? Well, we know that we stood at Sinai that day, and we became a nation that day, and God recited the Ten Commandments that day, but we also know that it was actually quite the process, because 40 days later, the Jewish people worshipped the golden calf, and then Moshe and Moses came down and broke the tablets, and then he had, we had to repent, and then we really only officially got it back a long time later. So what, what really happened on the holiday of Shavuot? And I, I, I think that it's, it's fascinating, you know, even thinking back to like when we're at the Pesach Seder, the Passover Seder, and we say this term in, 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 the, in the song Dayenu, we say, had God brought us to Mount Sinai, even had he not given us the Torah, Dayenu, it would have been enough for us. So I think all of this points to the fact that the Sinai experience itself was something that was magical and mystical and incredible, that that experience was something that was so powerful and so beautiful. And what I want to talk about in this specific podcast, I want to sort of delve into a little bit of the depth of what that experience was all about and what it means and, and what that means for us practically in our day-to-day life and maybe something to think about as we enter into Shavuot. Now, as I'm preparing for the holiday, and I want obviously want to share with you a little bit of you know what's on my mind, I was kind of looking back at the Empowered Jewish Living podcast from previous years, and uh, there's, there's really, I mean, wonderful, wonderful uh, classes and ideas that were shared previously. Um, there are a couple of podcast episodes that are listed from the past that were actually classes that were given via Zoom and other things. And um, we explore all sorts of fascinating things there, all of the different customs that we have on Shavuot and kind of like the, the Kabbalistic link between them. We speak about eating dairy food and staying up all night and, and you know, kind of the depth behind the customs. So I don't want to get into that uh, in this specific episode, but what I am going to do, because this will be a little bit of a shorter episode, um, I am going to post those titles and those links 
in the description of this podcast. So if you just kind of scroll down below, you'll see that they'll be linked over there. And, and I encourage you, if you have time between now and Shavuot, to go back and listen to those episodes. Again, they were not recorded as podcasts. They were recorded as Zoom classes. I think some of them were sort of in like the early stages of COVID and Zoom when I, I, I still believe that it was a good idea to have everyone unmuted. <laughs> so uh, the sound quality is not as great and there's kind of side conversations. But even still, I think that you'll really enjoy it. Those of uh, those of you who learn with me and, and who enjoy those types of episodes, I want to encourage you to go back and listen to those previous episodes after you're done with this one. But uh, I want to do something a little bit different for this episode, and that is that I would like to read to you um, a, a couple of sections from my recent book, The Four Elements of Inner Freedom. For those of you who are unaware, I recently, a couple of months ago, put out my second book. It's called The Four Elements of Inner Freedom. And the book is based on the idea that our entire journey goes through a phase, different phases that are symbolized by the four elements, earth, water, wind, and fire. And all of the stages of the Jewish people leaving Egypt from the moment that they left till when they had to cross the Sea of Reeds to uh, waging war against Amalek and receiving the, the manna as food and then reaching Mount Sinai, each one of those steps of their journey corresponds to another element. They had to surpass, they had to elevate the, the challenges that connect to the element of earth, to the challenges that connect to the element of water, to the challenges that connect to the element of wind. And then as they get to Sinai, Sinai itself represents the fire element. And the entire Sinai experience is deeply connected to the fire element. What is the fire element? The fire element is what we call the will, motivation. If we think about the four elements as being kind of body, uh, emotion, intellect, and then just pure will, that's earth, water, wind, and fire. So the fire element is that of will, of motivation, of self-awareness, of self-esteem, of identity, of ego. All of that is connected to the fire element. And this final stage in the Jewish people's redemption process of coming up to Mount Sinai, which is burning, the, 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 the mountain is burning with fire, the Torah says. It's smoking and it's, it's really a symbol of the visual symbol of fire that the Torah gives you. What does that mean um, on, a, on, on a much deeper level, what was the experience of Mount Sinai meant to convey and how it connects to the element of fire? So I write about that in my book, The Four Elements of Inner Freedom. And uh, the idea basically behind that is that the moment of Mount Sinai was a moment of what's called ego dissolution or ego transcendence, moving beyond one's ego, dissolving one's ego to really fully experience the deepest part of ourselves. And uh, I write about that, as I mentioned in the book, and I'd like to read for you that section in preparation for the upcoming holiday of Shavuot. And I hope that you'll enjoy it. And uh, if you uh, have not picked up a copy of my book, I encourage you to do so. If you like it and you like what you're hearing on this on this episode, then I think you'll really enjoy the book. This is definitely probably one of the more esoteric chapters of the book because the concept itself is is, is obviously something that's that's very very deep and very lofty. Um, but if you enjoyed the overall style, I encourage you to pick up a copy of the book. The Four Elements of Inner Freedom, it is available on Amazon. It's available by, with the publisher, mosaicapress.com. And uh, you could also get it on uh, my website, rabbishlomo.com. 
and uh, the Live Experience website, levx.org. So enjoy it. I hope that you'll enjoy uh, this little reading that I'm going to do for you. It's kind of fun to read a book into the podcast. And I hope that you'll be able to take something away that will enhance your Shavuot holiday and help you connect deeply to the beauty and the depth of these special days. Hey friends, before we begin today's episode, I have a personal request, a personal favor to ask you. This is something that is a little bit more than just, you know, like and subscribe to the podcast, but I'm actually asking you for your support in continuing this podcast and all of the other wonderful work that myself and my wife, Tavara Buxbaum, who you've heard on the podcast, and our organization, The Live Experience, what we do. We have one time a year an annual fundraiser. It is our online cause match campaign. Perhaps you're familiar with the concept of a cause match. We have matching donors that for just a couple of days have agreed to take on a certain amount of money and have challenged us to go out and raise that equal amount of money. And on uh, May 23rd and 24th, we're going to try to raise $100,000 on those two days to help support our organization, The Live Experience. The Live Experience is about reaching out and connecting Jews of all backgrounds, young and old, to their heritage. And you can learn so much more about what we do. I'm going to give you the online address for you to go and check it out. And you can watch our video and you can see a lot of the things that we've been doing, in-person programs, Zoom programs, and obviously this podcast, which I hope that you listen to and you enjoy. And uh, if you'd like to, if you enjoy the podcast and you would like to help support it, or you like the other things that we do and you want to help us in our work, I would ask you, please, um, whenever you're listening to this, you know, you might be listening to this after the campaign is over, in which case you can always make a donation on our website, levx.org. But if you're hearing this in the next week, as we're leading up to the holiday of Shavuot, it really is a perfect time. And uh, the the URL, the web address to go to is causematch.com forward slash T-L-E, as in the Lev Experience, underscore 23 causematch.com forward slash TLE underscore 23. And you know what? That sounds a little bit complicated. Then you can just go to our website, levx.org and follow the link, which will take you right there. And we would appreciate any anything that you can give. Remember, every single dollar is matched. You can give 18, you can give 36, you can give 180, you can give 1,000. And whatever it is, it uh, it means a lot. It means a lot to me. And it really helps the work that we do and helps us continue creating wonderful programs and wonderful content. So thank you. The Mount Sinai experience is connected to the element of fire because it is there that the Jewish people accepted on themselves the mission of becoming a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. Their role was to set the world ablaze with spiritual fervor. It was there that their souls were lit on fire and they discovered the deepest levels of holiness. At Sinai, every Jew experienced the highest level of prophecy, hearing the voice of God calling to them. They returned to the consciousness level of the Garden of Eden with complete revelation of their connection to God. They experienced the true purpose of their existence. The element of fire is about self-actualization and discovering an authentic greatness. In our own personal journey, this stage is when we achieve clarity of purpose and authentic self-worth. 
When we lack purpose and self-worth, we take aim at the things that society tells us are the definitions of success and feeds our ego, as we spoke about previously. As the author Eckhart Tolle writes, whatever the ego seeks and gets attached to are substitutes for the being that it cannot feel. You can value and care for things, but whenever you get attached to them, you will know it's the ego. And you're never really attached to a thing, but a thought that has I, me, or mine in it. Our sages teach that the souls of those who stood at Sinai left their bodies. This is the highest level of mystical experience one could have, reminiscent of Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden. The Torah teaches that in the Garden of Eden, Adam and Eve were unclothed, and it was only the result of the sin that their nakedness became an issue. This nakedness represents a complete detachment from anything physical. They had no need for clothes because their bodies were nothing more than a vessel to transport them. Only after they sinned and began to identify themselves as bodies did they need clothes, which further became their sense of identity. The anecdotal story is told about a group of strangers who were traveling together to tour a foreign city. At one of the stops, as the group disbanded to do some individual sightseeing and shopping, one of the women on the trip decided to change her clothing, including removing a hat and sunglasses that she'd been wearing prior to that. When the group reconvened, she was unrecognizable to several of the other participants, who then reported to the tour guide that one of the participants was missing. They did their best to describe her based on the clothes that she was previously wearing and other features the way they remembered them. The tour guide frantically announced to the entire group, asking if they can all help search to find the woman who met that description. The woman herself, not realizing based on the description given that the missing person was actually her, joined in the search. After several hours of an unsuccessful search, as a frustrated woman was about to give up, it suddenly hit her like a ton of bricks. The missing woman that she was looking for was actually herself. Imagine the shock. Imagine the joy. Imagine the embarrassment. The story carries a great lesson for those who define their identity based on externals that others have provided. When that is our sense of self, we get frustrated when we feel like we're failing to find what we're looking for. But there are moments in our life that we get a lightning bolt of clarity, a deep sense that there's something more to us than that. Imagine the shock Imagine the joy, imagine the embarrassment to realize that the whole time we were looking for ourselves, we were never really lost. The Hebrew word for clothing is beged, which comes from the same root as rebellion, because externals are a symbol of the lowering of consciousness and the false association with the physical world. It also points to the fact that clothing can be from the most deceptive aspects of a person's identity because it calls focus to the most external layer of the person, often causing a distraction from seeing their deeper essence. It was this body identification that the Jewish people transcended when they stood at Sinai. The Torah says that the chauffeur blew at Mount Sinai. The chauffeur teaches us the role of the body vis-a-vis -vis the soul. The chauffeur is nothing more than a hollow shell, yet it transforms a fleeting breath into a powerful victory cry. This communicates to each one of us that when we make ourselves hollow, letting go of our egos and relinquishing the false sense of control, only then can we fully experience the spiritual essence that is inside of us. Commenting on the verse, lift up your voice like a chauffeur. The great Hasidic master, Rav Avram Chaim of Zlachev writes, 
when we view ourselves like a shofar that has no voice besides for what is blown into it, and that we have no power outside of what God gives us, we can awaken the divine love and bring upon ourselves great kindness and compassion. And here is an exercise in nullifying the ego. All of the imagery that we've been discussing, the fiery mountain, the out-of-body experience, the shofar, can all be used to try to recreate the Sinai experience in our day-to-day lives by taking some time out of our day to quiet our mind and try to get a deep felt sense of that inner fire. We can relieve so much of the anxiety, stress, pettiness, and frustration that is born out of the ego and awaken a calmer and elevated version of ourselves. When we close our eyes, it signals to our mind that we are ready to go deeper inward. When we take slow breaths inward and outward, we're like the chauffeur, hollowing out our egos to make space for the divine love and flow. And when we accept upon ourselves that our greatness comes from the fact that we are part of a much bigger master plan that comes from the Almighty, and we are ready to do what we need to do and listen in the deepest possible way, we're placing the crown of higher consciousness upon our heads, allowing us to fully experience our true royalty. There is a part of every single one of us that is ready to transcend all the limitations of our bodies, feelings, and thoughts. There is a part of us that exists in that place of true bliss and connection. That part of us is all will. It speaks only the language of love and yearning, not a love that's conditional or selective. It is a sea of love that includes anyone and everyone. It is in this space that we stop seeing the physical matter of the world, but rather the divine energy that pulses through everything and unites everything. It is the point when all fear melts away and we're filled completely with awe for the universe. It is the true elevation of the element of fire that the Jewish people achieved at Sinai, and it is what we must strive for and yearn for in our daily lives. Thank you so much for listening. I hope that you'll subscribe to the podcast, and you can always go to rabbishlomo.com for more great content and resources and to connect directly with me.